Warning, this show contains strong language and scenes of a queer nature. Yes! Hey, I'm Josh, and welcome to the third episode of the Art of Being Queer podcast, creating a culture experience through podcast, documentary, and exhibit. Here's a snippet of what's to come. I was assaulted once by someone I was like a partner, and I think that did have a lot to do with my femininity because that particular person highly objectified my femininity. But I think it was when I was like seven, when I first sort of actively decided, okay, I'm gonna try to speak deeper. I'm gonna try to like move less. You know, I didn't feel love. Person didn't feel love for me, but I was still trying to make it happen, squeeze all that love out of there. And it didn't happen, and so it's a sad song. I learned more about gender and identity and it was like finding the missing piece to a puzzle and gender for me is two very big long lists of requirements and i keep ticking these boxes on both sides and people want me to pick a side and i can't do it you know and so i don't have to so that's what's coming up in today's episode before we get started you might want to head over to theartofbeingqueer.com to follow along with the art that we will be discussing in today's episode now it's time to meet today's guest Iver Lane. Hi, Iver. Would you like to give an introduction? My name is Iver Lane. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, and then I moved to Chicago to um, start music school. And originally, I played the violin, and I wanted to study the violin in college. Um, I, you know, had big dreams of like being in a symphony orchestra, and I thought I was like one of a few people who got accepted to this school because I was really talented. And I sort of realized right when I got there that they they just wanted all my money, which is fine. Um, but I wasn't very good at, I mean, I was pretty good at the violin, but I didn't have the discipline that I needed, you know? Um, and I didn't have the years and years of private one-on-one study that my peers had. So I sort of felt set up for failure and I, put down the violin and I continued to go to school for music composition. And that was also really difficult for me, but it was a lot of fun and I learned a lot. And after two years I left school, I took an online course in poetry. And that's sort of when I started singing and writing songs. And then since then it's only been about three years and I I took all that knowledge that I had accumulated and um, I've created this record. It's very um, like folk influenced and also shoegaze, um, alternative music, um, a little bit of ambient atmosphere and stuff. Yeah, that's, I guess, there you go. Thanks for the introduction. Should we talk about the first track that you sent across now? Loved Me. Um, Yeah, Loved Me. I, it's about a relationship that I had. It was a pretty short relationship. And when I, I wrote the song afterwards and sort of condensed that whole experience into one like fictional car ride argument is the storyline of the song. And mm, I was just, I was really crushed by this relationship, this experience that I had. And I wrote the song and it, it took me writing the song and then 
listening to it a lot and recording it and perfecting it that I it helped me process that relationship and realize sort of um, how I was really pushing for love. You know, I didn't feel love. Person didn't feel love for me, but I was still trying to make it happen, squeeze all that love out of there. Um, and it didn't happen, and so it's a sad song. Off the main road, turn down the music. I hope I don't lose it. I lost control. I think what you're saying. If I am not mistaken, you're dreaming about somebody else. But I'm right here, and we built this, and I need it, and I lost it. But I'm right here. really beautiful. Thank you. You sent across a really interesting artist and would you like to tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, I was always a really feminine child and I was bullied for it in school and at home it was a little different. You know, I my family is very very loving and we're very close, but I definitely got all of these cues from everywhere that I was you know, doing something wrong, doing being incorrect somehow. And I remember the moment, I remember when I was younger, those awkward little moments in your youth that are just really uncomfortable for you, where you can tell people are sort of judging you, even though you're like four years old or something. But I think it was when I was like seven, when I first sort of actively decided, okay, I'm going to try to speak deeper. I'm going to try to like move less and you know play with the boys and like all that kind of stuff so I really tried and I tried that for a long time but it just didn't happen like I'm really outgoing and stuff and I like to make friends and and I can't I couldn't be happy and not be who I was and feminine you know I didn't really discover queer as an identity until I was in college and and then I left and of course you know as it turns out like all of my friends from high school were all transgender now and so that's cool that we found each other but yeah I I came out as gay right when I left high school when I was 18 years old and it took a long time for me to accept that within myself but I still just felt lost you know and a couple years later, I discovered, I learned more about gender and identity. And I, and I find it, it was like finding the missing piece to a puzzle, you know, and I discovered that the feelings that I had were valid and that I didn't need to, I didn't have to fail at being one or the other, you know, I didn't, I feel like Gender for me is, it's two very big, long lists of requirements. And I keep ticking these boxes on both sides and people want me to pick a side. And 
I can't do it, you know? And so I don't have to. And that gave me strength to, you know, just exist in the world and go forth in myself, trying to make myself a better person, trying to do the best I can in the world. Of course, that comes with like, you know, social violence and stuff. I've been yelled at and stuff on the street. I've had pictures taken of me just, you know, walking around, not like in a nice flattering way. I was assaulted once by someone I was like a partner. And I think that did have a lot to do with my femininity because that particular person sort of highly objectified my femininity rather than, you know, like appreciated it and like saw it as equal and valid. So I think that had a lot to do with why they thought they could, you know, physically dominate me. Thank you for sharing that with Ziva. Should we talk about the next track now? Missed Me. This song is more like abstract and it sort of goes deeper into my brain and it's sort of, it's just some very big emotions. I think of it as like a Mark Rothko painting, you know, like he has like the big dark ones that are just like dark blue and black and and he would always say, you know, I'm not just painting colors, I'm painting like tragedy and doom and stuff and so in this song with the textures and with my words, it's all very sort of vague, but the feeling it gives you is just very much like, it's just really intense. And the first and the last section are like really soft and um, like a little off. And I sort of sing, speak, and it's real soft. And in the middle section is where if you're falling asleep to my record and you, it's gonna, wake you up in the middle of it um you're gonna be like what's going on
sort of like the structure of what I wanted to do. And I had the words and everything. And I had met, I had went around the city and met some different music producers to see if I wanted to work with them. And I eventually met this guy named Dan who works at Gravity Studios. His name is Dan Farnsworth. And um, he, he didn't really understand what I wanted to do, but he was like open-minded, you know, and he was really enthusiastic. And so I decided I wanted to work with him. And when we got to this song, he, you know, he wanted to keep it all really pretty. And in that middle section, I kept being like, make it longer, make it longer, make it longer. And he's like, no. And I'm like, yeah. And then, you know, he's adding the, the other, the glitchy stuff and the textures to it. And I'm like, more, more, more. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And then at one point he sort of like, he got excited by it and took it over and made it even more like bigger and more experimental than I thought it would be. Um, so yeah, it was really like a collaborative effort. And um, I think it's cool. I think that middle section, I kind of sound like, like a ghost that's underwater in space or something, which is what I wanted to sound like. So, yeah. Well, it sounds amazing, and I'll definitely be adding it to my playlist. Should we talk about the next track now? Yeah, I think next we could play I Wait Too Long. Um, that's the song that I chose to be like my the single out in front of this album, and I made a video for it. Oh, I was I forgot to tell you about the other song. The man who helps me make my music video, his name is John Cates, and he put part of the song Miss Me into his movie it's a feature length cowboy glitch western movie it's like an experiment like a two hour long experimental art film and it's really um intense and it's it's about sort of imperialism and um you know the dangers of white violence and westward expansion and stuff it's really like scary and cool and my song is like right in the middle of it but he chose it's like a glitchy glitchy scary movie and he didn't choose the glitchy part of my song he chose the pretty part of my song which i think is interesting and i will have to see it again to like think about it more so yeah there's that but then you know we got together and he helped me make this music video which i'm so grateful for because i think it really represents me well and the song well um and this song is really different. And so, yeah, maybe after it plays, then I can tell you about the lyrics and stuff. to my stomach 
First, I had a thought while we were listening to that that I wanted to follow. Um, okay. Not necessarily about like the song in particular, but just about how art can be important to queer people and making art can be important because that song sort of became like a lullaby for myself. And I would listen to it a lot in public when I'm like in transit or whatever. And yeah, and it's really soothing to me because I don't know. I don't know if it sounds like vain to like listen to your own music all the time, but sort of like an act of self-love, you know, like I, I made I made that thing for myself and hopefully it can help someone else in the future. But um, yeah, it helps me a lot. The words are really, it was one of the first songs I wrote I wrote period, you know, and, and it was years later when I wrote the other songs in the album, but that one I was playing, I was like plucking the violin, like a ukulele and I was plucking out those chords and I just, I just sang it pretty close to what is on the record. Um, and I had, was recording it on my phone. And so I didn't change it. It's sort of like one thought, like a stream of consciousness type of thought. And it's about how I, well, at the time I was really high on a drug and I couldn't get up off my bed to go get a drink of water, even though I was really thirsty. And so, yeah. And then, and I, I couldn't get up to get the water, but I could sit down and like write a song about it, which is really funny. Um, but the thought is like, I, I just realized in that moment how, how many obstacles are in my way that I myself put there. Um, one of which being just, just waiting too long, you know, and, um, procrastination and, and that terror of like taking the first step and then the next step and then the next step. Um, so that's what the song is about. And I think it is my favorite because I didn't, you know, really change the words or the melody. It's just pretty exact as to how it was years ago when I wrote it. And then we got in the studio and um, I just did a couple takes. And although I think I hear all the flaws in it, you know, but I wanted to keep it. And so it's kind of good. Well, I think it was a good call to keep it the way it is because it sounds amazing. So the art of being queer is all about representing underrepresented queer talent. I was just wondering what your thoughts were on the current representation. A lot of people in the world think that they don't know a queer person, you know, and they don't know that they probably actually do know a queer person. Um, but if they can watch TV or a movie or hear it in a song or something and identify with it, um, then they can have a friend, you know, in that person through the screen and that'll help them be better people, you know, in the world. Um, I also think the type of representation is important. You know, I think we could, if we held Hollywood down and said, Hey, like 
you need to make more stories about transgender people than they would put out three movies that are, you know, you know, that sort of like tragedy porn or whatever, where it's like, you know, people, you know, being hurt shows us like at the worst times of our life so that the people who don't know trans people can say, oh, well, I wouldn't do that. Like, I wouldn't kill that person, you know, like, oh, good for you. You know, what we really need is people to have us spotlighted in roles where we're succeeding and the people around us love us, you know, like I would like the storyline to not be around a trans or a queer person gaining acceptance from their family and then all of us patting their family on the back. I'd like it to be everyone already loves and accepts them and it's totally normal and now they're going to go achieve something else. And it's so frustrating because it's like you don't and people always have this argument of like, oh, well, you need a big star in order to push a big movie and for a big movie to be successful. And that's also just not true. Like maybe you do, maybe you do need a big star in a couple roles, but usually when big movies come out, they like to feature someone who's, you know, up and coming. And if you have a movie about a trans person, put them in that role and have their supporting characters be big movie stars, you know? Like, why not? Why is it so fucking hard? And I love how Hollywood loves to act like it's, like, the pinnacle of, like, progression when it's not at all, you know? <laughs> Makes me mad. I wish, too, that um, the cis straight people in the sort of like the entertainment industry or whatever would 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 actually support us not just like be you know passive and like oh like I'm not hurting you so therefore I'm supporting you no like we need extra hands to lift us up because we've been so oppressed you know and it's and it's harder for us to put ourselves out there it's harder to even like go to an audition or something if you know that they're probably not going to like you, you know, or with all the voices in our head that tell us no, you know, and you hear every single celebrity, every star always talks about that. Like Sandra Bullock, every single one would be like, well, like nobody believed in me, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, well, that's fine. But like, if you go down and walk on the street, Sandra Bullock, you're still going to be like fucking hot as hell and everybody loves you. If I go walk on the street, like strangers got something to say about me. I'm like, you're a stranger and you like, don't criticize me, you know? So we need extra people to lift us up and more help, not, not special treatment, but we need the opportunities and we need the path cleared for us a little bit from all that debris that people try to put into our way. So sadly, that takes us to the end of this episode of the Art of Being Queer podcast. Before we go, would you like to give your social links, Iva? Definitely, yeah. Um, you can find me on Instagram at underscore Iverlane underscore. No spaces. Um, my website is Iverlane.com. I'm on YouTube, Iverlane. That's I-V-O-R-L-A-N-E. And I'm my music's available on all the places, I think. And Facebook. I'm on Facebook, but, you know, I don't love Facebook. So there you go. Go follow Iva. I want to thank you for being such an interesting guest today and for sharing your music with us. Thanks so much, Josh. Speak soon. Okay, yes. Bye-bye. Before we finish today's show, I'd like to give a couple of thank yous. 
First of all, thank you to Queen Toast for creating the amazing instrumental in the background of this podcast. Also, a huge thank you to our Patreons, Demo Demi and Alpha Wings. If you like what we're doing with the podcast and would like to support us, as well as getting early access to future episodes, head over to patreon.com forward slash the art of being queer. Make sure to subscribe and we would really appreciate it if you left a review. See you next time.